update on sure. Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. When the, did we talk about that again? Can you remind uh, me? We were talking about it when we were talking about movies that didn't get made. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yes. Um, and we that would make sense because this one hasn't gotten Gladiator, made. The Gladiator sequel and yep. the Napoleon movie and all yeah. that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Terry Gilliam's been trying to make this Don Quixote movie uh-huh. for like almost 30 years. I'm so curious as to where this is going. One of the... So, I I didn't know this the whole time. I don't remember when I learned this, but it's not just a straight-up Don Quixote movie. Yeah. It's, it's based on a book. I didn't find this out until the trailer. Yeah. Well, and I think... That, that it's that it's this guy jumping back and forth. This guy basically... It's like a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, where yeah. somebody gets kicked back in time, and they're dealing with this historical figure, right? Yeah. And I think there's something about the person in the book being like a writer. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember. Sure. I might be mixing it up with something else. Anyway... So, the movie's done. Okay. They yeah. showed it at Cannes. Yep. The, uh, the film festival yep. in France. Yesterday, Uh-oh. there was a court case decision that basically said that Terry Gilliam never owned the rights to make this movie. No. What? Back in the day, some Portuguese guy who was like an investor was going they had this deal where this guy was going to invest money to make the movie and that he would have you know since he was a producer that he would have part of the rights or whatever and uh they had some sort of falling out at some point no of Terry course Gilliam made years, the right? whole movie anyway eventually and in France I guess just yesterday they decided yeah uh this guy was right you got to be kidding me. So Terry me. Gilliam is probably not going to own the rights to his own movie. So, but is it going to get released? Who knows? Like what? the so this other guy will own it. He can do what he wants with it, yeah. release wise. None of the actor. Well, he says he's going to sue like everybody involved. So no. Like so basically the. Like Terry Gilliam, all the actors, I can't imagine they're gonna have any motivation to do any promotion for this. Yeah, or press like maybe or... the con- the actors are contractually obligated to. Maybe generally they are, but now the contract is probably be, null and void. That right? would be with the production company who actually made the movie, even though they don't own the rights either. Even I though guess. they don't own the right to the movie anymore. What? So they don't care how much money it makes because they don't own any part of it. So <laughs> that's nuts. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't be surprised though if... I'm stunned. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if parts of that would be... So even like this guy threatening to sue everybody involved. Does that mean like the actors and stuff too? He said he's going to sue Khan. Oh. He's going to sue all the filmmakers, whatever. So even for the promotion of the movie. This guy obviously would want the movie to make a lot of money. Because he owns it. No kidding. So like I could see there being some situation where like... Or him trying to recoup his court costs if nothing else. Yeah. I could see there being some situation where he needs all of those people who made the movie... To go on promotional tour. Yeah. Big promotional things. Whatever involvement you could use from them to like make the DVDs or whatever. I'm like really stunned right now. Commentary stuff, I guess. I don't know. So maybe he could pay them with part of owning their own movie back. He was so close to the finish line. Yeah. Like literally, they showed it already. Yeah. Like people have seen it. Oh. And now he doesn't own it. That's so sad. Tragic. Especially because like. For a movie that has been this cursed. Yeah. For what, 30 years now? Yeah. Yeah. I think it said something about the book is 30 years old and he's been trying to make the movie actively for 25 years. Holy crap. So. <laughs> I'm like, this really. No one's going to see it. It's affecting me way more than I thought it would. Yeah. This is like, 
the Chinese democracy of yeah, pretty much. It's like Chinese of democracy of movies, except T- uh, Terry Gilliam was never like the biggest rock artist in the country. Yeah, but you know, so it's a bit smaller that way. Well, but it's still yeah. You know, it's well. The, I mean, more in the sense that it was had this mythic proportion yeah, to it at this point that everyone wanted to see it. Yeah, more, more where it goes so long mm-hmm. that just the fact that it's released is the th- is the point. Yeah, of it. that's like a, an event. I I would make another. I was gonna say Duke Nukem Forever, the video uh, yeah. game <laughs> that took like probably fifteen or sixteen years. They you know they had announced mm-hmm. it and do all that stuff. Or Doctor Dre's Detox. Yeah, there you go. Same thing. Like, Lots of good ones. There's all sorts of good projects like this, but I'd say that Chinese Democracy is probably the best oh, yeah. one. Oh yeah, because then it came out and it was just <laughs> bad. Not that great. It was. It wasn't good. Yeah, it's, so, it's kind of good if you were probably still into those guys. Yeah, if you could take it and move it back in time. Yeah, I bought it the day of just because I was so curious about it. Yeah, even this, I, I, I don't I've, think it's going to be very good. I've never been. The like, trailer didn't really do it for me. That, yeah, I've never been that curious about this. But I like Terry Gilliam, and yeah. I want. Uh, I don't know. It's. There's so many emotions involved in this, which is so stupid because it's just a movie. Yeah. And I'll probably see it and forget about it. But at the same time, movies are big. Yeah. I'm sure this guy will put it out in some capacity. Like what is... I hope so. Dude loves money, I assume. Make a deal with Netflix yeah. or something. Yeah. Put it somewhere. Wow. So it'll end up online no matter what. I'll, we'll just pirate it, right? Yeah. Fine. Right. I... That'll stick it to the man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even really think of movies that way most of the time. Yeah. I just find things on random streams yeah sure. my computer is probably going to explode from all of the viruses that i probably take in yeah. from the random streaming sites that i watch movies on but you know yeah. <laughs> whatever could be worse could be worse uh so boy a really tragic week for terry gilliam or i guess really up and down week because he got showed the movie he got to show his movie finally somebody sure got, felt so tremendous. maybe that's all he cares about yeah is actually getting it made and that it exists you know what i actually am the most worried about right now it's that that adam driver will get sued for some reason <laughs> and he won't be able to keep making movies yeah he'll get sued and this random portuguese investor will uh have to take his place in star wars <laughs> as part of his court punishment <laughs> He, this dude's like a this this guy is old enough that his son is his lawyer apparently oh according to the article so this is an old man so just put him in Star Wars he's Kylo English and his first language yeah he's Kylo I Ren am now. Kylo Ren now <laughs> I don't amazing. know what Portuguese accent is. <laughs> thank you so much 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 so much. Oh man, yeah. Update from Face Off, please. Jordan finished Face Off. I did finish Face Off. I didn't realize, by the way, that it's a John Woo movie. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I knew that at some point. I'm sure you forgot. saw that all the doves flying in the church scene, and you were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's John, John Woo. Woo. This guy loves birds. He loves doves and slow motion. Yep. I think if John Woo magically became in charge of everything, became God essentially, movie guy. His first. His first day in office as God, he would force all birds to slow down. He would somehow change physics to make it so that birds could go in slow motion and still fly. Movie God is really has a lot of weird powers. No, I'm talking real God. Oh, he would do this okay. in real life. Just that. That's yeah, his only if, thing. if he had his druthers, he would force <laughs> birds to slow down. He loves it. He can't get enough. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know where to go in from there. <laughs> Face Off uh, was weird. Mm-hmm. So, 
like I said, the first half an hour was too much. I mm-hmm. couldn't handle it. But then, how do I refer to these characters? I feel like we should look up what their actual character names are. Okay, so the good guy. Well, should we? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm just going to say good guy and yeah. bad guy. Good guy with Good guy Nick- starts as Nicolas Cage. Nope, good guy starts as, starts John, as Travolta. John Travolta. And then he gets <laughs> Nicolas Cage's face. Yeah. So, good guy, you know, they put him in prison. Mm-hmm. And the prison, they don't tell you where it's at yet, but it's a prison where... They put on everyone in metal boots. Yep. And the floor is magnetic. Yep. And that stops the prisoners from trying to escape. Yeah, and it's already like on. Well, then then later you find out it's on an oil derrick. Yes. (laughs) It's like underwater. So I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, this is just a fantasy movie. This isn't real." Like. Obviously, nothing. None of it's real, but yeah. I don't have to suspend my disbelief in the sense that this is pretending to be a real movie. Yeah, yeah, that kind of takes it next level that way. Because like a fantasy movie, like they have it has rules, presumably. Yeah, this has this has no of, rules. It's kind of real life, but uh, extremely not. Oh, I always say the difference between science fiction and fantasy is that science fiction is sh- you know showing what's stuff is like now uh-huh. but with the future or yeah. something like that yeah it's trying to make a point that's why the twilight zone and stuff like that is cool sci-fi yeah. because they're always trying to make a point about culture now yep or explore a certain topic yeah through a kind of a bubble of stuff that doesn't exist exactly yet, it of its own rules they're yeah. saying what if this happened instead yeah. of this and yeah. then they export it to its end point yeah and they use that to talk about themes there's none of that in face fantasy is just i want to tell the story i want this to happen and real life physics or something like that stops it from happening and so yeah. i insert magic and, and when I, I insert magic yeah. That lets me tell the story that I want to tell. And I so like, Star yeah. Wars is fantasy yeah. because no one has to try and escape a planet's gravity. They just get no, in their ship and go. Yeah. There's warp and there's all the other stuff. All the battles are like World War II-style mm-hmm. plane battles over the Pacific. And I feel like a lot of the fantasy ones are more like character things. Yeah, or they like, are. They're the hero's journey, more generally. Like moral things yes. versus so face actually off, trying to show society. Face-off is essentially a fantasy movie that yeah. takes place in 1996 <laughs> or 1997 or whatever year it came yeah, out. Yeah, the, yeah. the difference is that it takes place in a world where technology lets you switch your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you can just have pretty easy face transplants. They don't really explore the what if you were in another person's face thing that much other no. than the bad guy just decides... I'm going to sleep with the good guy's wife. And he does. Yeah, That's a big plot point in the movie. There's not really a lot of like moral dilemmas that the protagonist has to work out no. with like, this new technology. The hero's journey is him stopping the bomb. Yeah. And that has nothing to do and with him Actually, he doesn't even do that. <laughs> the bad guy stops the bomb. Wow, weird. He's like, I'm the good guy now. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks I'm the good guy. Oh. And so I'm going to take credit for stopping the bomb, and I'm going to sleep with this guy's wife. Mm-hmm. And once I get access to all this, 
I'm going to do an even bigger terrorism. Ah. So he's going to take advantage of his trusted position. So ultimately, the bad guy is infinitely smarter in this movie than the good guy. Yeah. The good guy like gave himself no recourse. Because what happens is the bad guy comes in and takes the good guy's face. Yeah. And they destroy the whole lab and they kill everybody who knows that the bad guy is the good guy. Yep. And the only way they yeah. find out is the good guy shows up looking like the bad guy to his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. And says, hey, it's actually me. You can check because we have different blood types. Which, first of all, how can you do the transplant face thing with the... I don't know. Yeah. But that's... It's <laughs> it fantasy. It's yeah, not science yeah. fiction. We Which don't is have bizarre to... that they would bring that back into it. Yeah, but... You think they could have done, gone with something personal? Like, how about the rest of my body? Yeah. Look at it? Well, no, because they do plastic surgery on him, too, specifically. Oh, on his whole body? Yep. They, Both of they, them? They talk about... Well, because Nick Cage... The bad guy, yeah, is already a pretty cut dude. He's at least mm-hmm. like like not fat. Yeah, John Travolta's character is fat, and they say we're gonna do some liposuction on you, uh, yeah. and we're going to get rid of your scar over in your on your chest. Ah, that is meaningful to you because of your dead kid or whatever. So the movie did go out of its way to yes. do all that, but it didn't yes. go out of its way to actually. They needed a reason for the blood type. Thing they needed a reason sense. for his wife, who is a doctor, ah. to take a blood test and find out that the. Guy that mm-hmm. she thinks is her husband is actually the bad guy. Interesting. Yeah. So, man, what a <laughs> might as well just do a DNA test at that point, right? Well, and <laughs> that's people the, in the '90s understand the blood types more. I, I don't guess. think they really knew DNA that well, especially yeah. John Woo. He wasn't probably watching the OJ <laughs> yeah. trial. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a fantasy movie. Yeah. You can it do whatever matter. you want. Yeah. And they do they all have, the time. They could have made up an entirely new technology to do like some sort of incredible brain scan. Exactly. Or, or like give them a, some kind of magic lie detector. You know? Like Honestly, might as well. yes. You could say there's this new technology we have. Yeah. It's called the magic lie detector. <laughs> it works 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm your husband. You put on these <laughs> lock boots or whatever. <laughs> you put on these magnet boots. Yeah. And suddenly you have to tell the truth no matter what. Yep. And that being said... I was in from then on, from the Magnet Boots mm-hmm. part on, because there is some like kind of good character work. You actually care about all the bad guys, weirdly enough, <laughs> other than the actual bad guy, Nick Cage, uh, yeah. who turns into John Travolta. Yeah. You don't like him, because he's mean and awful. Yep. yep. But all of his friends Weird. are real cool, because yeah. the good guy goes into the old bad guy's lair. Uh-huh. And they're all like, ah, you're back. You're good. good. You're a bad guy. Ah. Yeah, yeah, welcome to back to your lair. Yeah, exactly. And then he finds out that the bad guy had a kid. And ah. the kid's a boy that's the same age as his dead son. Ah. And so you like all these other people because yep. they're all very protective of this guy. And you like get some time to see that they're cool, basically. Uh-huh. And... And also, the good guy is there with them and hanging out with them, and so they're like, oh, you're good now. Yeah. They don't make it as, like, you're sneaking in and you're threatened. You, you really start to understand the appeal of joining a criminal organization and having this fun family around yes, you Yes, the totally. They're a fun family, including to, his actual family, a.k.a. Yeah. his son. Which is extra reason to actually hate the villain. Yeah. Is that he pr- apparently doesn't appreciate it that much? No, not really. He's ready to abandon. Well, him he didn't take over the protection. He didn't life. know that kid was his kid. First uh, off, she's been keeping it from him. Ah. Uh, except then the good guy, pretending to be the bad guy, is actually really nice to her. Finally, and she's like, "Oh, I can, I can tell you that's your son." 
<laughs> wow, what a mess. It's a real mess. So, But that leads to the best part. I'm skipping to the very, very end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that after they kill off the bad guy, mm-hmm. and the good guy gets plastic surgery to turn back, even though this is a revolutionary procedure that only this one doctor could have done. Yeah, yeah. They adopt the bad guy's kid as their own kid. Wow. It's like, ah, replacement son. <laughs> That's seriously what it feels I like. I think that is probably the a couple of the main things that I remember from watching that movie. And it's been a long time. Yeah. But the main things I basically remember are the magnet boots. Yeah. Just the complete absurdity of, like, after the first face swap after happens, yeah this is a face swap and then after whatever leads into the other guy he wakes up face he wakes up and his and calls his gang and the gang comes in and like kidnaps oh, the yeah. doctor yeah so that i remember and then the end i remember just being like what yeah like it's so jarring it's very that that's jarring. what they end up going for well i gotta i gotta talk about a couple other yeah big big points <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. this whole movie is just big points absolutely one i think they deconstruct the idea of Somebody stopping a bomb at the last second mm-hmm. because the bad guy in the guise of the good guy. Yeah. So John Travolta playing Nick Cage's character. Yes. Uh, stops. Oh boy. This st- is confusing. It's so confusing. So John, Tra- is like- John Travolta's face and body <laughs> pretending to be. John Travolta's face <laughs> on supposedly Nick Cage's body. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So the bad guy stops the bomb at the, like literally with one second left in a yeah. very funny scene. He's like, Kind of like doing his own thing, trying to make it seem like it's really tense or whatever. Yeah, and he stops Wait, it. Is and, it like his own bomb? Yeah, it's his own bomb. That's the thing. Oh wow! Because he, he knows to make it dramatic. He knows the code. Yeah, yeah. of course he That's he fun. does it so everyone thinks that he's awesome. Yeah. So they deconstruct that, which is very funny. That's fun. Yeah, it's actually very self-aware compared to the, literally the rest of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also, the bad guy sleeping with the good guy's wife mm-hmm. is so jarring. Yeah. And then later on when. The wife realizes that. First of all, she's horrified, obviously. Yeah. And then also, she talks to... At the time, it's Nick Cage playing the John Travolta character. Yep. yep. The good guy. Yep. And says, I thought this was my husband for last the last two weeks. So, you know. And, <laughs> so, and the good yeah. guy's like, yeah... And that's my bad. <laughs> I'll make it up to you. And she's like, okay. Wow. That's a very subdued conversation. It's baffling how little they touch on that. Yeah. Baffling. They really don't give that the gravity it probably deserves. No, not at all. And uh, then the final thing that I want to t- mm-hmm. say is that the finale takes place on a boat. Like a big boat? No, like... Like a speedboat? Like a speedboat. Awesome. And it is great. It's seriously really cool. Nice. It's worth watching the whole movie just for the speedboat finale. Wow. And it's so baffling and so over the top. Yeah. And you wonder... It's one of those things where so many bullets are flying and you mm-hmm. can't believe that these guys have not been shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. This whole movie, so many people die and there's no reason that the people that don't get shot shouldn't get hit. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't. It's yeah. it's This is the ultimate 90s like... Are there a million bullets in this clip? Yeah. Kind of thing? I think what's great about Face Off is that you take a guy like John Woo, yeah. who has a very over-the-top style. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the ones that he made, like his Hong Kong-era ones, like I've Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled. I'd love to see that sometime. Some of them are pretty cool. I've seen Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Yeah. He has such an over-the-top style. Yep. 
And I think what saves it a lot of the time is having the actors kind of play it straight or at least... Do it as over the top as he's... I don't know what it is. Nick Cage and John Travolta do, both play it so over the top they do, in this movie. They do, it's like they're doing like in Hard Boiled. Part of why Hard Boiled comes across as so cool is yeah. because he's doing these like completely ridiculous action movie things. Mm-hmm. But he's a fairly stoic guy throughout the movie. Okay. And he... So he's selling it as serious? It, it comes across as very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that they're just doing this stuff and they almost don't care. Okay. It's almost like it's like the, a whole movie of the guy uh, putting his sunglasses on as he walks away from an explosion. Yeah, totally. Like if somebody, if an explosion happened in the movie and the guy turned around and like gave a huge grin and a double <laughs> thumbs up like the Fonz or whatever, okay, I get what it you're would saying. be ridiculous. Yeah, but, but it, since instead, he's he, acting cool, yeah. he, and John Woo's good at selling cool. Yeah, and in this movie, they got John Travolta and Nick Cage, the two guys who I would say out of all of Hollywood commit to the ridiculousness of whatever they're doing so beyond what is even necessary. Absolutely. And like the little, it's almost like they're hamming it up. But not. But well, we like had a whole episode on Nick Cage. Serious way. We know what's yeah. going on with Nick we know, Cage. Yeah. So it's like they'll do anything you tell them. Yes. And they look ridiculous most of the time. All the time. And so I think it all combined even like you talk about how that one scene seemed kind of self-aware. Oh, the bomb thing? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if John Woo could make a self-aware like a anything? self-aware like if you imagine him trying to make like a sarcastic over-the-top thing yeah and hoping that people got the joke no one would ever get the joke yeah everyone you're be probably like, right yeah this is john woo this is what he's into good old john like, woo i guess if he made if he had like slow motion birds in flying in the church and that was the entire movie i think by then now maybe people would get i think it. now he knows what his tricks are yeah but at the time those were just things that he thought were cool. Yeah. So there's no... It would be insane to suggest that he was doing a bit or something. Yeah. You know? He really meant it. Oh, and absolutely. Nick Cage always really means it. John yes. Travolta always really means it. He really it. does. They both... That's they're, Now that you mention it, those are the two actors I can think of that just... You're right. They go 100%. They're not cynical at all. They don't... They never wink at the camera. No. They just think that what they're doing is exactly the right thing for the movie. Yeah. Which is kind of great. I actually like that. Not yeah. That and it's, I mean, in, in this specific role. Yeah. I heard... Did you see the review for the reviews for Gotti so far? The John Travolta movie that just came out? I just saw that they were 0% bad. on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. That's incredible. Which is the fourth 0% uh, movie that John Travolta has had. Wow. So that's fun. That is nuts. Yeah. How, but he's still going for it. Yeah. Does he... I mean... Is he like also in a Nick Cage situation where he'll just do anything? Or is it just that he's bad? No, I think his is a little different because Nick Cage has always had credibility in a weird way. Yeah. But John Travolta had credibility from Saturday Night Fever and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. And then by the you know, by the time Pulp Fiction came around, mm-hmm. he had he didn't have credibility. Yeah. No one would hire him. And so when Quentin Tarantino hired him to do Pulp Fiction, and yep. he was really tremendous. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're back in. You're back in. We like you're you back. again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hire you for things." Yeah. He wasn't a washed up guy anymore. So, and he's gone through that I think a couple times. Yeah. So he took, rode that Pulp Fiction wave all through the '90s, mm-hmm. and then kind of in the 2000s. I mean, Battlefield Earth happened, and that was very That's very a bad. Separate thing. Yep. But people kind of I think got cold on him again. Yeah. And then he's now he's I think kind of on a second wave, another wave. Yeah. Where now he can be on like TV. Yeah. Like that's the OJ Simpson TV show. Yeah. And and people are like, oh yeah, he's 
And like he's not great in that, but it's cool that he's doing it. Like, and if you're of a certain level of fame, you'll always get something, work, something, even if it's on a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, for, even for him, Saturday Night Fever was unbelievably huge. Yeah. So there's always going to be some population of people our parents' age. Oh, absolutely. Who, Everyone had like, him. Oh, he was Welcome jo- Back, Cotter. Yeah. And all oh, that John stuff. Travolta. We'll check it out. Yeah, of course. You know what's he doing? Yep. So boy. Yeah. But that being said. They have a fight on a boat. <laughs> and the good guy, Nick Cage's character, or Nick Cage at, at the moment, yeah, is on the... He gets basically pushed off the boat, and he's hanging on the side and just dragging along the side at like 50 miles an hour on the water. <laughs> it's incredible. And then the best part is he somehow writes himself and... He, like, like barefoot skiing? Yeah, but he has shoes on, so oh, not okay. barefoot. Yeah, but almost. Barefoot in the sense that he has no skis. Yeah. He's barefoot skiing on the water, on the side of the boat. He's just hanging onto the side <laughs> of the boat. It's such an awesome stunt. Yeah. I don't know how they made it look like Nick Cage. And, you know, I wasn't watching super close, so yeah. I don't know if it was just some stunt guy who just kind of... I mean, I'm sure it was a stunt guy, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's awesome. It looks really good. Well, here's the thing. Could have been a stunt guy who they grafted Nick Cage's face onto. Bam! <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Digitally yep. or in real life? Maybe in real life. I don't think digital is up to the task that well. well they I did that on a, Jurassic Park. Yeah, right? I was gonna yep. say we just both saw that. Probably totally online. right. So, uh, so, oh man, what a movie! So anyway, then the best part is they they crash the boat and both go flying off the boat like yeah at fifty miles an hour, and they both basically land in a foot of water next to the beach, mm-hmm. and they're fine. <laughs> and then they have a big slug punch of course battle yeah and the bad guy gets shot through the chest with a harpoon gun awesome which is pretty cool that's awesome and yeah. he starts slicing up his face so that even if the good guy can get his face back it'll be all messed up <laughs> but nope no nope. it will it all works they out in the end it. who cares they, they solve it who cares yeah. oh and nick cage's character has a case of all of his favorite stuff and it, it's two guns with ivory handles with like weird gold stuff on two mm-hmm. gold guns mm-hmm. and like a bunch of pills and it's just supposed to show that he's like eccentric hmm. and insane which yeah. you find out from literally the first 30 seconds yeah of the movie he where he's drinking a props. milkshake while he's going to snipe this cop <laughs> yeah and it just rolls from there Sounds like this dude doesn't need props to seem crazy yes but anyway they show it to john travolta's character and mm-hmm. basically they make him do drugs that's the in the scene where the, the he goes to the bad guy's yeah, lair. Makes sense. You know, it's one of those that classic can, can you hang? Yeah. And yeah. he he does hang. <laughs> he does. Success. Hang but, success. But it kinda like really messes with him because he's never done those drugs before. Ah, yes. As far as we know. Yeah. Also it's really funny because the bad guy goes into the police department and everyone loves him. And they're because he's much nicer than John Travolta's or than the good guy's character is. Uh, yeah, and he's so and everyone's he, like, "What happened? Did you did you get surgery?" And he's like, "What <laughs> to get the stick out of your ass?" Uh, so he, is he like overplaying because he doesn't understand how nice the cop is supposed to be? I think we're just supposed to see that the bad guy is actually kind of. A charismatic person. Oh uh, yeah, and people like him. Yeah, because you know he doesn't he's have just any, on the wrong side of the. He law. doesn't have anything at stake here. He the same like way that the a, good guy does. He seems like he's a good leader of his crew. He honestly he must is. be. Yes, the good guy has or the bad guy has good qualities. 
Interesting. And the good guy's kind of an awful person. Yeah. But and he's then on the right side of the law. Well, that's exactly it. And he's morally right. Yeah. Because he's not an insane murderer. Right. Because he's not trying to bomb the <laughs> yeah. L.A. Coliseum or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Interesting. So, huh. I don't know where else to go over there. They I just wanted learned, to make sure I mentioned every they, insane part. They probably learned a lot from each other, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I looked up what their characters' names actually were. Yes, please. Well, and this is where it gets confusing because they both play both characters. Oh, no. But John Travolta's character is listed as Sean Archer. Sounds like a cop. Yep. Uh, Nicholas Cage's character's name is Castor Troy. Castor Troy, that's right. That's well, an incredible Because his brother is, he's a, is a brother, Pollux mm-hmm. Troy. Castor and Pollux, you know, wow. the, the Greek myth. Oh, okay. They're brothers. And Troy. Yeah. Also. So it's real on the nose. It is very on the nose. Yeah. So what is it? Sean Archer? Sean Archer yeah. and Castor Troy. That would have not helped our confusion. No. Well, they do say Castor Troy a bunch. You're Castor Troy. Like, oh, he's, he's like famous. Yeah, he's in, infamous. Infamous. Even better than famous. Even, um, I'm going to look up John Woo movies. Yeah. Because it's easy to give John Woo a hard time about his ridiculousness. Because he is. Because he's ridiculous. But even when you talk about it at the end where the having this boat chase and then crashing the boat and then having this fight on the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. The guy did genuinely try to make good old fist fights more interesting. He definitely succeeded. And it he totally succeeded. And I'd be interested in seeing how many of those, like what... Where was the tipping point, maybe? Or the saturation point? Or, yeah. Two, I would like to see two things. One, what punch fights were like in Hollywood movies before and after John Woo? Yeah. Like what to was see how influence? much he really had an effect on it. Because obviously slow motion, dude really rocketed up the abuse of slow motion. Yeah, Although, yeah, yeah. But um, not, not too bad. Not like Zack... What's no. his name? Uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack well, Snyder. I was gonna slow say, where everything Bri- is yeah. slow motion. Or I was going to say Brian De Palma was pretty big into slow oh, motion yeah, before okay. that, which is funny because he made Mission Impossible 1. Oh, there you so go. So Mission Impossible. Maybe whoever, that's why they hired him. Whoever owns the rights to Mission Impossible loves slow motion. They do. Uh, but like, yeah, and I would also like to see where the tipping point was on people getting sick of it <laughs> and John Woo not changing. Honestly, you probably just have to look and see where, when did they start parodying it? Because that's usually the point where everyone knows it's a thing. Yeah, sometimes a parody will come out and everybody will not realize that they were sick of it until they see the parody, I yep, think. They're like, totally. oh yeah, this is ridiculous. Oh yeah, why do they keep doing this in yeah. movies? I would say, well, Face Off came out before Mission Impossible 2. Yep. And I don't know how popular Face Off was. It was very popular. I think yeah. it did very well. So, And I think Broken Arrow did really well, too, which he did the year before. So Interesting. I've never heard of Broken Arrow. But, but I, I can see there being a lot of American... I think Mission Impossible 2 is the point where people went from, oh, it's kind of a cool... Th- you know, It's yeah. a thing that really changes the attitude of this mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. or shows that mm-hmm. to... This doesn't belong in a Mission Impossible 2 movie. <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh, I see. The, this is the director who did this, these yeah. other movies. I could also see people watching you know, Broken Arrow or Face Off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe people who also saw Hard Boiled or something. Yeah. And then they're being like, oh, this guy's going to make Mission Impossible 2? Interesting. And then they watch Mission Impossible 2 and they're like, oh, that's all you do. Yeah, that's your thing. You just did kind of that again. Uh, I actually want to see Mission Impossible 2 again one of these days because... I love Mission Impossible 1 so much. You do. You love that movie. And I remember liking it, but I don't remember yeah. loving it in the same way that I like pretty much everything after 2. Yeah. Which I'd say is almost a whole different franchise. Oh, totally. 3 through, what, 6 now? Yeah, I guess. Are totally different movies. Absolutely. Well, and like, 
Mission Impossible 2, honestly, the only thing I remember from it is the ridiculous motorcycle stuff. Where they're, they're driving on the front wheel of the motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. and Tom Cruise has really long hair. And he has long hair. But yeah, it's like, that has it is really almost nothing to do with the first one. No. Like, in the first one, he doesn't do anything like that. It's spy stuff. It's spy stuff, and like sneaking in and making a crazy plan. Yeah. And like him, like the, the climax of the movie is yeah. like a guy taking his mask off. Right. <laughs> and and John Tra- that's the thing like the climax of the movie the equivalent of him doing an insane motorcycle trick and shooting a guy with a pistol while he's yeah. driving a motorcycle yep. is like Tom Cruise tricking somebody into admitting that they were the guy the whole time yeah while he, and then he's like takes off his mask oh yeah he was Jeez. it was him and you know it's, it's so crazy that's a spy movie thing it's not an action movie thing although there is action things but they're all almost like an insane accident that's happening at him yeah like the helicopter thing in the tunnel he doesn't really do a lot well i, I will just say survives them. the one thing that, that all mission impossible movies have is set pieces yeah and that is one thing that john woo's good at that's true i realized I don't remember what they were in mission impossible 2 the motorcycle thing i'm sure i guess i realized there's one other john woo movie i've seen uh-huh. the 2003 movie paycheck starring ben affleck it's Boy, dumb. I missed that one. It's by it's based off a of Philip K. Dick's short story. Hmm. I don't remember anything about it other than I think there's something to do with the future. Like nice. he can sense the future. I don't Not know yet. if that's right. <laughs> oh, it's, it was it's sort of a, very memorable. If that's... it's not memorable, I remember it, it's memorable in that it's ba- a bad movie. Fun. Oh, I know what it is. It's kind of one of those things where he gets his memory erased after all these jobs. Yeah. Specifically because he makes these things that no one should know about, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then he gets his memory erased of what he did. So it's almost like a... It's like a Total Recall situation. But, uh, yeah. you know, where it's like, what are my memories? Is this real? There's going to be a big twist about memory. And Total Recall had already been made. Yeah, that's so we the don't other that trick. Again. So, man. Yeah, so. so I remember... So I don't have a lot of, like, strong feelings for John Woo other than this movie was ridiculous. And it was pretty good. Uh, I think we're going to have to really nail down what we think about John Woo by watching Hard Target starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh. They made a movie together. That sounds fun. But I haven't seen Hard Boiled, so I need to see that. Yeah, you could watch that. Hard Boiled is completely ridiculous. If anybody needs any reason to watch Hard Boiled, I'll give you this. At one point, there's a big shootout while he's holding a baby. Oh, fun. That's kind of... uh, That's kind of the Hard Boiled thing, right? That's kind of the iconic thing of Hard Boiled. That's really awesome. Is this, this very tough cop super cop guy yeah holding a baby holding a baby in a shootout that's incredible and the other thing that i know is that isn't that animated gif where the guy sits back and he's chewing food yes he leans leans back and he puts his thumb i literally leaned back so i'm sure like the microphone (laughs) my voice was just dedicated to explaining this i'm dedicated to the bit Mm mm-hmm uh, but he's leaning back and chewing food, and he put, gives the thumbs up. I'm pretty sure that's from One that. of the best ones on the internet, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, it's definitely Chow Yun Fat, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's from from that movie. Boy, uh, I did not think we'd have this much on Face Off. I was planning on just saying <laughs> it was insane, but I came around to it. Yeah, I, I did. But I'm glad I got to talk about all those moments, because they're all so stupid. And, and yet, I like the movie. I somehow, before this, caught a clip of john travolta yeah acting as nick cage the protagonist yeah 
talking as Caster. No, it's Caster Troy as as played by John Travolta instead. Maybe he's the villain at this point. Doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> talking to like somebody's teenage daughter, his own teenage or. It's the bad guy talking to the good guy's teenage daughter. And basically giving her advice on how to kill a guy. Yeah. Oh, that's another great part. <laughs> so the bad guy yeah. posing as this girl's dad. Yeah. As And also, since he's the bad guy, he's like, oh, teenage girl. Uh, like, yeah. he's, you know, one yeah. of those really creepy things. But yeah. he basically rescues this girl from her crappy boyfriend. Yeah. From trying to make a move on her. Yep. And he gives her a butterfly knife. <laughs> And says, next time somebody tries to do that to you, undo the knife, stab it in their leg, and twist. Yeah. yeah. So like, basically, to, like, make them bleed out. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> gross. Yeah. But the best part is that near the end, she does that to him. Oh. Because they realize that this guy is the bad guy. Wow. And I totally forgot about the knife. Yeah. But it's this, like, snake-looking blade. Yeah. It's real twisty and crazy-looking. Wow. So he accidentally gives... And she... Yeah. And gives her the advice to kill him. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it doesn't kill him. It slows him down, for sure. Yeah. In order that the good guy can get on the boat with him and they can have their big <laughs> finale. But yeah, definitely. She... Pulls it out and immediately stabs him in the leg and twists with it. She actually does the twist. Great. So, yeah, it's actually, that's a great payoff. Nice. It's kind of one of those weird things where that's really good screenwriting. Yeah, clearly it's like a professional movie. Yeah, and well, but I feel like a lot of those today don't do that in no. the same way. They don't set up things very well. No. Because the trick about that moment, and what's so good about it, is that it gives her the knife, mm-hmm. but it's presented in a way that that doesn't seem important. The knife isn't the important part. Yeah. It's meant to show us that Castor Troy, this is how he lives his life. Mm-hmm. And he has some loyalty mm-hmm. and some... Sense of protection over the people around him. Yeah, kind of. It, it shows him as a person, but, he yeah. show, but it also shows the way he would solve this problem is yeah. by killing someone. Yeah. And so the girl, you know, has her own reaction to it. Uh-huh. But I think the main point of it is that they sneak in this yeah. thing that's going to pay off later yeah. into a character building moment, yeah. which is really perfect. Because then you don't think about it. You're right, not, exactly. Like if he had just been like, hey, here's a knife. You might need this later. Yes. You know, for no reason. And they do that so often now in movies. Yeah. It's so obvious what you're supposed to be paying attention to. Yeah. And I think some of that's just the trying to make movies sellable. You yeah. Make everything meaningful. Like you need yeah. to show it for the Chinese market. Yeah. Who don't? This isn't their first language, and so you need to show them. Ah, the knife. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, and and also I think all of the even how all the movies are written by committee at this point. Yeah, for you know, sure. Not all of them, but a lot of the times you get a script that's on its fourth go around, and at this point they don't remember you know they, they didn't put any notes yep. in the margin of like why this is clever yeah so it doesn't make it to the movie yeah so yeah. i guess or all the improvisation that they let people do yeah there's too much going on there's a lot so i guess ultimately like nick cage himself i realized that face off is a good movie <laughs> i came around to it you came around wow it's actually really good <laughs> i feel defeated somehow is it primarily to you a accidental comedy is that where its quality comes from tough to say like did it succeed as at its apparent goals as being like a cool action movie yeah i think it's impossible to describe until you watch it yeah and so if you go into it with any preconceptions at all yeah it's gonna prove them wrong 
And by the end of the movie, you know what you're watching. Yeah. But until then, you're going to be confused. So it almost fails in every way but exactly how it wants to succeed, which I guess is a success. Yeah, but that is tough to sell to people. It's really tough. But I got to say, it's worth it. It's worth watching. It's so over-the-top crazy. Yeah. Just just go watch it. <laughs> Man, I'm thinking, too, about like the stuff that you're talking about, about how... About how the good guy, he's, like, on the right side, but he's kind of a jerk to the people around him. Yeah. The villain is, like, clearly a villain, but the people around him, some of them seem to like him. Yeah. I don't know. And, like, they get in each other's lives. They yeah. kind of see what each other's lives are like. Yep. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to wonder what really you could take away from this movie because... That is kind of your thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, like we were talking earlier about whether it's like a sci-fi movie or a fantasy movie, those kind of comparisons. Yep. And it's like, what is this? Is this like a character movie? Is it... Because it's not a sci-fi movie in the sense that like there's no... Nobody learns anything about, ooh, what if you could be somebody else? Yeah. Or what if you made this criminal and this cop switch places? Like yeah. what would they learn from... Like there's not really enough of that for that to be the Can movie. Can I tell you what this movie is actually yeah. about? Yeah. It's about what if you could switch faces and then they switch faces. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's what the movie is. And it's the purest essence of what if yeah. you could take your face yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Which they say multiple times in the movie. They Which use the great. title of the movie yeah. like eight times. Yeah. Which is really like I totally believe you <laughs> that that's as far as it could be taken. That's it. But that makes it an incredibly weird movie. And that also fits with what you were saying about how it can't it only succeeds on its own what it sets up for itself yeah. you know you can't really say it's a good version of any other type of movie nope. because that's a situation that doesn't happen in real life yes. and it never will happen and we can't learn anything from it true <laughs> because i'm never going to switch faces with anyone yeah as far as you know as, well yeah a lot could happen between now and when i die uh there's no river that doesn't contain a bend <laughs> yeah so I could switch faces if face switching technology comes into place. Yeah, this movie will be seen as historically important, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. They'll have to remake it probably. Oh, they'll they'll probably they'll remake fail it anyway. because they'll try to make it into some kind of moral thing. Yep. And, It'll be like uh, any. I, we want. I put this in the. This is almost like a Paul Verhoeven movie. Yep. Like Total Recall, or RoboCop. RoboCop. Or Starship Troopers, mm -hmm. where it is kind of prescient in a stupid way. Or not even that. People think it's one thing and it's really another thing. Yeah. With all those movies, it's all about corporate America. The and media, police state. The police state. Stuff. Yeah. And this is just about, what if you could switch faces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, like in, in a lot of those, like Starship Troopers, people thought, that Starship Troopers was like gonna be a real fascist movie, yeah. And then it, it's kind of like a parody of, you know, yeah. like it's like uh, pointing out the reasons why it's terrible. Yep. You know, it's like a sarcastic movie. With Face Off, they thought it was gonna be a movie about something. Turns out, it's a movie about almost nothing. <laughs> I think it's a movie. I think it's almost a send up of action movies as a whole. That could be, especially with the the countdown. Yeah. With the boat thing being completely absurd. Yep. The unbelievable number of bullets. Those all seem like that could be the movie pointing towards like a send-off of the action franchise. But I think that also it's not self-aware enough. No. Maybe it was that at one point, like in the script Maybe. stage. And then they got the worst people to try to pull that off. Uh, because yeah. they can't 
they be they're over the top in a genuine way. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the scriptwriters think this movie rules because it's like, yes, this is exactly what we wanted. It's over the top. They're not wrong. This movie does rule, yeah. but not for the reasons they think it does. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> Man, I'm confused. I would watch another movie where there was a prison and there were metal boots and magnets. <laughs> and people switch faces. <laughs> it was good. I'm defeated. 